Welcome to the podcast for Real Church Coweta. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. at the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. You can also check us out online at realchurchcoweta.com or jump on Facebook at Real Church Coweta. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Friday, I um, Friday, I was. Uh, let me fix something, by the way. Um, Dan, I'm gonna move you over a little bit, Dan. And we're gonna bring Leah into the light. Leah, you're now in the light. Move over a little bit. There you go. I was like, well, we got Dan's big old head up there like mine, and Leah's in the dark. Anyway, um, it, it looked funny from back in the back. It was funny. Listen, Friday, I um, retired. I retired Friday from trying to think I can play basketball or any other sport with teenagers. It's been a good run. It has. A lot of time, yep. I started 19 years old playing basketball, pickup basketball. I played basketball my whole life, but pickup basketball, we had a ministry we did Monday and Tuesday and Thursday nights. I did, I played, I literally, I was at the church four nights a week. I was there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. But Monday, Tuesday, and, and Thursday we played. Monday and Tuesday was outreach. Thursday was just the, the, the old guys. And, um, but Friday, uh, I was being guarded by a girl. <laughs> I was. And I posted up and the, you know, when you're, when you get older and have more gravity about you, um, I posted up in, in, in the lane uh, down underneath and uh, my teammate lobbed the ball over to me. I, I want to tell you it was a 15 minute half and the time was at 1455. <laughs> it had been five seconds. Lobbed the ball over. And I grabbed it, and I, I'd been watching the NBA playoffs, and I was going to go strong to the hoop on this girl. My rule is, if you're in the game, fair play. So if you're six, I'm dunking on you. If you're a girl, I'm going to run you over. You chose to get in the game. My mind said I was able my hamstring said I was not. So if you see me limping, and what's funny is, is that, now I know that a lot of people here think that Michelle Maine is a godly woman. She's not. <laughs> because she was making fun of me. Her and another lady that was a teacher at the school were making fun of me because I had on a knee brace. Because the last time I played in this game, I hurt my knee. And so this time I was going to be wise and I had a knee brace on. And they looked at me and they both started laughing. Um, so I turned and I severely injured my hamstring. And so, and I called Wendy, my beautiful wife, and I said, hey, I think I've severely injured my hamstring. And she didn't say, oh my gosh, are you okay? Are you going to be all right? She says, the day you told me you were going to play in this ball game, I knew you were going to get hurt. And I said, why didn't you just tell me? She said, because you wouldn't have listened. And she's right. I did not score. Did it go in? Did it go in? I have no idea. I don't think it went in. I was in, I literally turned, jumped, and shot it and went, Ugh! and 
it's so bad because Jason's here. Jason helps us out on the drums every once in a while, and Jason works here as well. And, and Jason, Jason was on the sidelines, and it was a deal where, you know how, you know, sometimes you'll tap out or you'll say, hey, man, I'm good. It, I didn't have to do any of that. Jason immediately starts coming straight toward me saying, are you okay? Are you okay? And I was like, I'm not okay. I'm not okay. Um, and I was not okay, and I got some ice, and I came to my office, humble, and started looking up retirement homes and how old I had to be for the AARP. So it is shuffleboard and uh, what is that one game that all the old people play now? What is it? Pickleball. It's shuffleboard and pickleball from here on out for me. No more basketball with young people. All right, not doing that. So anyway. All right, we're in Romans chapter 13 starting in verse 8. We've went through Romans we have a couple of weeks left of Romans, and we are going to knock it out over the next couple of weeks. Uh, Mother's Day is next week. Hey, if, you're, if you uh, want to come celebrate Mother's Day with us, we're going to have a cool gift for you. We always do the coolest gifts on Mother's Day. I really like it. So come hang out with us. It'll be a lot of fun. So, But we're in Romans chapter 13, verses 8 through 14. We've been going through the series of Romans, and the reason why is because I noticed a pattern where it seemed as if a lot of Christians were being apologetic for what the Bible says. Um, they were trying to apologize for God's Word, and they were trying to, uh, if I'm being completely transparent with you, they were trying to water down God's Word. I hate to say that, but it's true. They were trying to water down what God's Word says because they thought it was offensive. Um, and, and guys, the truth is, is that God's Word is offensive sometimes, especially for those who, um, who, who are, are living a life or going against uh, what the Scripture says. But <coughs> 100% unashamed, Romans chapter 8, um, I'm sorry, Romans chapter 13, starting in verse 8. Let's read the uh, theme verse for the, for the week, though. Can we pull that up? I just threw a curveball to you. I know, right? I threw a curveball to you. It says, For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It's the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. And then it says, This good news tells us how God makes us right in His sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the Scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. The scriptures we've been going through has told us that knowledge without application is useless. It's told us that inward change is supposed to come before outward signs of change. And a lot of us get that backwards. We think that, oh, well, I'm going to start acting right, and then the inside will catch up. Now, that's not how it works with God. You, you have an inward change. Your thoughts, everything within you starts to change, and that is an outward sign. We talked about the dangers of legalism. We talked about life in the Spirit, and we talked about not languishing, but flourishing in your faith. We talked about our position in Christ. Chapters 9 through 11, we saw the power and the grace and the mercy of, of God as He sent Christ, His only Son. And then these last couple, four or five verses, four or five chapters are all about application. But the overarching theme of Romans is unity. It's all about Unity. And so let's take a look at chapter 13, verses 8 and following. Here's what it says It says, Owe nothing to anyone except for your obligation to love one another. 
If you love your neighbor, you will fulfill the requirements of God's law. For the commandments say you must not commit adultery, you must not murder, you must not steal, you must not covet. These and other such commandments are all summed up in this one commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. We know that Jesus spoke about this as well. He says the greatest commandment is what? Love the Lord your God with all your heart. And then he says, well, then the, but oh, don't forget this. There's also another one. And it's that one. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to others, so love fulfills the requirement of God's law. And then he switches for a little bit and says, hey, listen, listen to what I'm saying because here's what I want you to understand. This is all the more urgent for you know how late it is. Time is running out. Wake up for our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is almost gone. The day of salvation will soon be here. Now, whenever the scripture talks about salvation to a group of believers, it, it is correlate, it's correlating between, it says, it's using the word salvation here. But the word there literally means the time that we are, are raised, the time that we go to heaven, the time that, that, that God comes back for his people. And so it says, the night is almost gone. The day of salvation will be here soon. So re remove your dark deeds like dirty clothes and put on the shining armor of right living. Because we belong to the day, we must live decent lives for all those to see. Don't participate in the darkness of wild parties and drunkenness or in sexual promiscuity or immoral living or in quarreling or jealousy. Instead, clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ and don't let yourself think about ways to indulge your evil desires. Paul is emphasizing unity here and the message is very, very clear. The message is very clear. He is encouraging, he is strongly encouraging one another. He is strongly encouraged us to be encouraging to one another and to tell people, listen, you need to love other people. And you do not need to indulge the freedom that God gave you towards your sinful nature. And so put away those things because the time is coming. It is drawing near when God will come back for his people. I want to tell you a couple things about love today. We've talked about this before. We've made some of these same points before. I think you need a reminder like I need a reminder of what Paul is actually saying here. The first thing is this, and I want you to hear this, and people miss this all the time. They think love is some kind of feeling. It's not. Love is this. Love is a decision. All right? Loving others is a decision. It is. It's a decision. This morning, I decided when I got up, I decided. Now, I didn't say this out loud. I didn't even think about it. It was something that came naturally to me because I've done it for so long. But I decided that today I was going to do things and I was going to act in a way and I was going to love my wife. It was a decision that I made. It was. And so love is a decision. And you make the decision every day whether or not you choose to love someone or not. And you may say, well, no, I really don't because I'm really angry with them. Well, I get that. I get that. You may be angry with someone. My wife gets angry with me all the time. Not all the time, but some of the times. She still loves me, though, even when I don't listen to her about not playing in a pickup basketball game where I hurt myself every year. I know, right? I was just, I'm sitting here thinking, the last three years of this pickup game, I have hurt my knee. I have been hit in the mouth and had blood pouring down my mouth like the warrior that I was. And this year I've got my hamstring pulled. Anyway, so listen, love is a decision. And I don't know about you, but here's what I've decided. 
if I'm going to err on the side of anything, I'm going to err on the side of grace. One of the things that we do here at the school that, that Stephen, the atmosphere that Stephen has brought into the school is, and he says this at times, because, hey, man, if we're going to err on the side, let's err on the side of grace. If we're going to err on the side, if we're going to do something wrong, let's give too much grace and not, you know, we don't want to give not enough grace. Let's give too much grace to someone. But I've decided that I'm going to err on the side of grace. I've decided that I have, I've decided I'm going to commit my life to helping other people. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to try to help other people. Now, that can be difficult sometimes, but I'm going to try to help other people. I've decided that what I'm going to do is, is because of what Christ did for me, because Christ set himself on the back burner and put me in front and did what he did for me, I've decided that I'm going to put myself on the back burner in situations, and I'm going to allow Christ's love to flow through me onto other people and put them on the front burner. I'm going to do that. Now, that can be difficult for some people. And why is it difficult for some people? Well, here's why it's difficult. And it may be difficult for you. Because I've met people that feel like that they have to take care of themselves first. Because if they don't take care of themselves first, they think no one else will. They think if they're more loving towards someone else or they're more giving towards someone else that they will not be taken care of. And I'm going to tell you something. If you're a believer in Christ... And if you've been, if you have been renewed, if you have been, you know, if, if, if you're, you have been saved, I'm going to tell you, that's a lie. That's a lie that the enemy tells you. He tells you that you have to take care of yourself, but that's a lie. It is. Because I'm here to tell you, the more I have poured out onto other people, the more God comes back and fills me and pours into me. And I'm not, I'm, listen, this is not some kind of name it and claim it situation, but I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to tell you right now. The more I've given out, the more God's given me. I, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. I'm just telling you that's just the facts. That's the facts. I've had countless people that have told me, you know, man, I, I really didn't give or I really, you know, but I want to be more of a person that's more giving. I always tell people all the time, I always say, listen, man, it's just on loan anyway. And so the more you try to, the more you try to grip onto those things, those things, and I know people like this. I know people who are constantly trying to get something, they're trying, to, they're trying to reach for those things. And what I've seen more than anything is, is when you reach out for something really quick, you usually knock it away further than it was before. Can I tell you something? You've trusted God with your eternity. Why don't you trust him with your daily lives as well? You can do that. You can do that. So when you make a decision to love other people, do it in a big way. Do it in a big way. Decide that you're going to do that. I've set my goals to be a light for other people. I want to use my gifts and my talents to see that others' lives are full of hope, mercy, and grace. That's what I want. That's what I want. Friday night and Saturday, there was a women's conference here. And as always, uh, we had workhorses here that no one saw. She's going to kill me for saying this, but Angela Shelnut is a workhorse here in our church. You never see her. She's a workhorse. She doesn't ask for anything. She doesn't do anything. She's a workhorse. She fed 90-some-odd women. I don't know. I mean, uh, there was a lot of food. I think they had 20 pounds of hamburger meat uh, for one meal. So, it was, so there was a little left over, so they're having, you know, empanadas. They're having tacos. They're having taco salad, taco soup, taco, you know, the whole nine yards. But the truth is, is that Angela was a workhorse. She didn't ask for any recognition. She didn't ask for anything. She simply loved people enough to come in and to serve. Let me say something. People that she doesn't even know. 
But you know who she did know? She knew the ladies of, she knew my wife and she knew the ladies of our church and she wanted to show someone that she loved them and that's what she did. That's what you can do too. You can do the same thing. But you have to decide to do it because love is a decision. Now let me say something. This doesn't come down like some kind of Jesus pixie dust all over you. All right? That's not what it is. It's not some kind of Jesus pixie dust. You have to decide it. You really do. And I want to tell you something. Sometimes loving other people is hard. Let's just be real here. It's real church. Let's be real. Loving other people, you guys, oftentimes is hard. I want to tell you about being in the ministry. Uh, I got a phone call last night at 10 o'clock from a, former, from a fellow pastor friend of mine. And he was telling me about this huge event that they had at the church that day. Yesterday they had this huge event at their church. And he had worked countless weeks of working and working to get this huge event. The church is a very, very small church. And yesterday on the campus they had over 200 people that came to this thing and they got some outreach stuff and they got to love on some families and it was a great thing. They had inflatables and had all these things. And he was calling me on his way home because the event was from like four to six or four to seven and it was past ten when he called me and, all, and, and he was still up there working and he was on his way home driving alone by himself. If, if, you're, if you're a pastor or, or you've worked with, you, you understand what I'm saying, driving alone by himself, having worked up there to clean up everything after it was all over. But the thing is, is that one of his members came up and had a complaint and went off on him. And he was calling me and he's told me all this stuff, and then he just giggled and said, Welcome to ministry. And that's what happens. Oftentimes, that's what happens. Now, listen, all of y'all are lovable, all right? I'm talking about other churches. So don't get confused. <laughs> don't be confused, y'all. I'm talking about all these other churches and other members, all right? But listen, it can be very difficult. It can be very difficult to love other people. You'll have people that will abandon you. Okay, you have people that will abandon you and that will, quote unquote, ghost you in the ministry. But you have to love people anyway. You do. Do you know why I choose to love people anyway? Because I don't want to carry around some kind of inner turmoil in myself. And I don't want to have to remember who exactly I'm mad at and I'm not mad at when I'm walking through Kroger. All right. I don't want to have to do that. I don't want to have to have, worry about this gnawing feeling inside that having to be mad at somebody brings about. I don't want to have to deal with that. I don't want to have to worry about holding a grudge. Because if I'm constantly holding a grudge, other things and other people that God wants to bring in my life, I can't embrace. Because I'm too busy holding this grudge. I don't want to do that. That's not freedom. That's not the freedom that Christ brought you and me. It's not at all. And what Paul's saying here is, is he's saying, listen, I understand that you guys have a difference of opinion about certain things. I understand that there's things, and we're going to talk about that next week. I think it's so awesome that that part falls. It's God. It falls right on Mother's Day. Because a lot of the stuff we're talking about next week is what your mama would have said. All right? That's what it is. And so, but you have this situation where you... You want, to, you, you, you want to love on other people, and you want to embrace other people, but you, you also want to make sure you're not being, and I'm not talking about being some kind of rug for people to walk all over you. I'm just telling you, don't carry around a grudge with other people. Don't do it. 
It's too heavy a burden. And it's not what Christ brought you for. You can live free from that. The second thing is this. I encourage you to love others and leave the rest to God. I want you to hear that. I love Billy Graham's quote. Here's what he says. He says, God judges, Holy Spirit convicts, and I am to love people. God judges, Holy Spirit convicts, and I am to love people. Now, let me tell you what this is not. All right, I want you to hear this because society has got this all jacked up. This is not the following. I want you to hear this. This is not that you do not call out when something goes against biblical truth. Okay? As a matter of fact, I'll tell you this. If there's something that goes against biblical truth and you do not call it out, the scripture says that you are being unloving toward people, if that's the case. The scripture says that if you love your brother or sister, you will tell them the truth. It also doesn't mean that you don't have to have hard conversations with others about God's word. It also doesn't mean that, that you have to just, just quote unquote, accept or tell people a lie. You know, Friday night I went out to dinner and there was this incredible, uh, there was this incredible uh, waitress that we had and she was having a hard time. And I'm going to tell you guys something. I have a heart for people that are, in the, that, that are waitresses and waiters. I do. I just, I really do. Um, you know, in the last four or five years, probably when one of our members here started a restaurant and just shared with me some of the struggles that, 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 that people have who are waiters and waitresses. And I have a heart for them. And so, and just to be honest with you, um, the, the people in the booth right across from us, uh, their kids had on some private school stuff. All right. And just to be real honest with you, uh, the mom of those kids uh, was not nice at all to this waitress. She was rude. She was condescending. She was nitpicky, on and on and on. And look, I don't sit around looking at everybody and seeing what everybody else is doing. So if I noticed it, it was something important. Because I, I just kind of looked. You know what I'm saying? And that's why you should never send your kid to Trinity. You can come to Central Christian School. <laughs> all right? So... I'm just kidding, kind of. I'm just kidding. Call us Monday through Friday, 8 to 3. Let me tell you the cool part about the whole story. So this lady was so nitpicky, and it was so cool because the kid, the kid did have a Trinity hat on. He had a hat on, and, and whenever it was all said and done, the manager had to come over and all this stuff, and blah, 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 blah. And all of a sudden, the kid looks at the bill and says, Mom, we've been doing all this mess for eight bucks. Are you kidding me? Eight bucks? And I was like, I like that kid. I love that kid. But listen, you guys, we have to, we have to be the way. Let me tell you what happened later. She comes over. I said, hey, give you a hard time, huh? And listen, she was all frazzled. You could tell. I mean, I had to eat my French fries without any ketchup. Hey, look, you know. That wasn't difficult, but I, I got through it. But I was like, hey, you having a bad night? And she was like, she was like, nah, it's just, they were just really, I don't know, overbearing. I said, yeah, yeah. So we got to talking to her, and she said, but nothing's going to ruin my day because, you know, I set my wedding venue. And I said, oh, my gosh, that's incredible. And, she's, and then I said something I shouldn't have said. I said, oh, that's incredible. That's cool. I've done a wedding there before. And she said, really? You're a pastor? I said, yeah, I'm a pastor. 
And then she says, do you do same-sex marriage weddings? And I said, no, I do not, but God bless you. Let's talk something. But we went in and we talked. We, we, we just had a great conversation. She wasn't offended. She wasn't offended that I didn't do that. I wasn't offended by her. I didn't judge her. I wasn't like, oh, my gosh. You're blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? I didn't have to get up and say, let me tell you the truth. I didn't have to do that. And I walked away and she walked away realizing that, you know what? Maybe in her mind beforehand, all Christians were bad. But I just met a preacher that wasn't so bad. And you know what I did after that, right? Fat tip. Fat tip. Like 50%. I'm like, all right, I'll have to not eat Chick-fil-A four days a week. It'll just be three. So I gave up a Chick-fil-A. I gave up a biscuit. But seriously, you guys, you don't have to walk around. Now let me say something. Once again, if someone's saying that God said something and God didn't say it, stand up. If somebody says the scripture says something and it didn't say it, stand up. But that doesn't mean that you have to go around, all right? You're not on the throne. Get off the throne and let God do what he's going to do. Let him do what he's going to do. I want to tell you something. This is going to be a hard one. Jesus wouldn't call out sin on Facebook. He wouldn't. He wouldn't. He wouldn't do it, man. If you, if you know people, if you know people, and you see their post, and you get angry about that, and you get into, you do all these, listen, Jesus wouldn't do that. He wouldn't. Even if, even if they had Facebook back in the day, I, I just don't see Jesus sitting down and saying, well, that person's wrong. Let me tell her what happened. or what. He just wouldn't do that. He wouldn't do it. Leave the judging to God and leave the convicting to the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you why we have a hard time doing that. We have a hard time doing it because we, some of us, don't have that overflow that it takes. And oftentimes I don't either, by the way. We don't have that overflow that it takes to show other people Christ in our life. And because we can't show people Christ in our life by our behaviors, we try to do it with God's word instead. We pound them over the head with it. And it's offensive. It is. In a bad way. I've never understood why someone would stand on a street corner and scream out things to people. I don't get that. I don't get that. Everything I see in scripture shows people engaging, engaging people, engaging them, getting into their lives. And then gently and lovingly helping them correct how they're living a life that is incorrect. I just don't see it any other way. I don't. I don't at all. Do you know the only time that Jesus got in people's faces? The religious people. That's when he did it. That's what ticked him off the most. The religious people. He said, hey, listen, uh, what these people are saying, yeah, it, it's true. But how they're living is not true. <laughs> it's not and that's the biggest critique of today as well. Listen, we have enough junk in our own lives to worry about everyone else's junk. We do. We do. So you're saying, well, gosh, what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to show people I love them? Well, first thing you need to do is get around some people that are not like you. No one wants to get out of our bubble. Get around some people that aren't like you and love on them. 
if all you, if every friend you have is centered around this church, uh, you need to get out more. And you need to go make new friends. And you need to go make, listen, we need to be, we need to be around like-minded people. But man, when Jesus was here and he was on mission, he went straight to the sinners. He did. He went straight to the sinners. Now tonight, when you pull up at that bar and you're throwing on down a few, don't say, well, Pastor Barry said to go where the sinners are. So bring me another Dos Equis. I know we're not doing that. All right, we're not doing that. What I'm saying is, is open your life up a little bit. All right? That doesn't mean, once again, that doesn't mean that you can't call out sin. That doesn't mean that you can't do those things. But the truth of the matter is, is that the issue that most of us have is it takes too much time to genuinely show someone you love them. It takes too much time. And we're too busy doing other things. Quite honestly, it don't matter. Here's the final thing I want to tell you today. It's how you finish is what Paul is saying. It's how you finish. Loving others is a decision. Love others and leave the rest to God. And remember, it's how you finish. My wife and I got into a huge discussion a long time ago. We were living at our old house. I've told this story a few times, but it's good. I'll tell it again. We were living at our old house, and my wife and I were in an argument it was a Friday evening. I know what day it was because she was at work and I was at home. And I was in the middle of vacuuming out. For some reason, at the time, our students that I was a student pastor for, I never have understood this, but they wanted Wendy and I to drive the church van and take them to prom. I mean, they were passionate about it too. And I was like, I think it's a dumb idea, but let me go get the keys and I'll wash the, the van. So I started washing the van. So I, I washed, I took the van to one of those robo wash things, right? The van's there. They didn't have some of the car washes around. I washed it. And so when I was washing the van, <clears throat> uh, you know how they have all these multicolored suds? Man, I did the wax. The wax was like purple and the wash was blue. And I mean, I went big money on this thing, Okay. So I washed the van. I had it all over me. It was ridiculous. So I washed the van and I go home. And the whole time I'm texting back and forth because that's the way to solve an argument is text your wife back and forth, right? Don't call, text, right? <clears throat> so we're in an argument back and forth and, and you know, I'm mad at a hornet. She's mad at a hornet, you know, blah, 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 blah. So I am getting ready to vacuum. And instead of using the vacuum that costs a dollar something, I said, I'm going to save the church some money. I'm going to vacuum up myself because I have a shop back at home. So I reached over. I got into the, to the uh, shop. I got the shop back, pulled it out in my, my driveway, and I reached over, and I was stretching. And all of a sudden, I was stretching with this arm, and, all, and I had my arm back here. And all of a sudden, I started having pain shoot down my arm, and I felt numb in my chest. And... I kind of freaked out and I kind of looked at my arm and I could see my veins like they were bright. It was crazy. And I kind of freaked out and I, 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 I sat back and I was like, <sighs> I started not being able to breathe. And I looked down and I could see the veins on my leg were, I mean, they were bright. I was like, oh my gosh. 
I don't know what's wrong with me. And I had a pain in my chest and I was just kind of freaking out. And so I went over, I went over to the neighbors and I said, Hey, I don't know what's going on with me. I just, I'm feeling lightheaded and I, my, my arms, my arms hurting. And, and I, I just remember that when I stood up from vacuuming over, cause I was way over in there. I stood up, I just felt so lightheaded and I looked and I freaked out and I went over to my neighbors and my neighbors called 911. And I, I, I sat at the end of my driveway freaking out thinking I'm going to die. And the first thing I did is I called my wife. And I said, I don't know what's going on with me. I don't know if I'm getting ready to die, but whatever I, it is, I don't even know what we were arguing about. I just want you to know that I love you. Please come home. Because I didn't want it to end. I didn't want her to have that horrible thought of having argued with me and made me have a heart attack. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway. So I'm sitting at the end of my driveway. Wendy tells the people to her work, hey, I'm heading home. So she's, she's busting tail home. I'm, at the, I'm sitting at the end of my driveway there. Paramedics come up and they check my pulse, check my blood pressure. I'm all sweaty. And um, they, they, they have this little stool thing they get for me. And, and, um, and so, so they're checking my pulse and everything. And they're checking my blood pressure. And, and, um, and he said, well, what happened? And I explained to him what happened. And he goes, I said, yeah, man. I said, I could, I could see, my, see my veins. And it was crazy. And I, my heart was, well, your blood pressure's fine. You know, uh, do you want to go to the hospital? I said, I don't know. Do I need to go to the hospital? And stuff like that. So anyway, um, so so. I, I had to go in because I had, I had actually left my phone inside because I ran in and called Wendy. And I said, I need to go, you know, I need to go and, and make sure my wife knows that I'm okay. So I went inside, and when I went inside, I had gotten dirt on my hands. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And so they were going to wait outside. I said, let me let my wife decide. I, I'm not in my right mind. So I, I had gotten dirt on my hands. And I, I washed my hands. And when I washed my hands, my veins went away. And I was like, that's weird. And I started doing that. And I did it all the way up my arm. So then I took the rag and I started wiping off my legs. And my veins went away. Your scholarly pastor had washed the car and had gotten the blue suds down my arm and down my legs. And I came out, and he said, do you want to go to the hospital? I said, no, I think I'm going to be fine. He said, the blue stuff, was, was, it like, was it like this? And he rolled my arm over, and it was back here. I said, no, it was worse than that. I lied like a rug. I said, no, not that. And so he looked at his other buddy, and he goes, and then they left. And at that moment, he knew and I knew that I was an idiot. That's what happened. How about that? And so Wendy came home and she was like, are you okay? Are you okay? And I, I played it up just a little bit to make her feel a little bad. I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. And then I said, hey, come in here a second. And I put my foot in the tub and I started scrubbing it. And I said, it was the car wash stuff. And she said, really? <laughs> so anyway, listen, the moral of the story is this. And I asked my buddy who's a fireman, I said, hey, man, look, I said, tell me, you know, they take all those things seriously. They, they knew, I mean, they, they, 
they were concerned about me, wasn't they? And he said, no, dude, they thought you were an idiot. <laughs> That's what they think, bro. He said, your house is now marked. And when they drove by your house, they're going to say, hey, remember that idiot guy with the car wash dye? I said, okay, thanks a lot, bro. Anyway, so, so here's the thing. Guys, listen, what's the moral of the story? I didn't care about it. the small things that we were, I have no idea what we were going to argue about. None of that mattered. Whenever my life, I thought my life was in danger, none of it mattered. None of it mattered. And that's what Paul's saying here now. Get past some of your little quabbles, your, your quarrels. It's not how you start, it's how you finish. There was an entrepreneur in 90, 1996, and I don't know if you guys even remember. How many people remember Netscape? Remember Netscape? This guy was rejected for a job at Netscape. And so he decided to start his own company. He started his own company. It was successful within a year. And then the board that he had just set up fired him in 1997. And so then he, you know, mulled around a little bit, did odd jobs here and there. In 1999, he started this new startup. He was like, oh, let me start this new startup. And it was one of the top 10 worst business ideas of 1999. And so soon after that, he was ousted again. This is the second time he had been ousted from his own company. Between 2001 and 2008, he was ousted over and over and fired over and over. And he had failure after failure after failure. In 2008, he had two companies that were, eh, that were kind of successful. But both were almost bankrupt. They were getting ready to be bankrupt because of the downturn. In 2014, 13, 14, and 16, he had failure after failure after failure after failure. And you guys know this guy is Elon Musk. And the two companies that were on the verge of bankruptcy was Tesla and SpaceX. By the way, the dumb idea, the top 10 dumb idea in 1999, that was PayPal. That was PayPal. That was his dumb idea, PayPal. If you didn't know that, Elon Musk is one of the original founders of PayPal. And he, he sold it, and that's where he started his companies. PayPal. Guys, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. Paul's saying, the time is drawing near. Live a life that reflects Jesus and put on the garments that Jesus wore in your life. So I guess my question to you would be this. How do you want to finish? How do you want to finish? What memories... Do you want others to have of you? There's a sign on my door out there. It says this. It says, don't make the preacher lie at your funeral. And it's true. I encourage all of you guys to finish strong. And do so, do so by loving other people and deciding to love people and leave the rest to God. So I'll leave you with this question. How do you want to finish? How do you want to finish? Let me pray for you. Lord, we're so thankful for your word. We're thankful, God, that you <clears throat> help us to even have the ability to love others. You draw us in, and because of what you've done for us, we have the capacity to help other people. And so, God, we do ask that, that that love that you have for us would overflow onto other people. Let us be 
followers of Jesus to the point where people know, hey, you know what? Those guys are the real deal. Those guys are genuine. Those guys are awesome. Those guys love God. And those guys love me. I pray that we would draw people in. Not because of what we do, but because of what you've done. And because of what you do through us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, guys, let's stand up. Let me tell you a quick story real quick. So this weekend, we had, we had a large number. Basically, uh, there's a church uh, that got hit by tor- the tornado. And y'all can go ahead and stand up if you want to. They, they got hit by the tornado. And last year, we let them have a women's conference here, and we kind of joined up. And this year, they asked if we wanted to do that again, and so we did. Uh, we kind of did that for them. And it's amazing because Wendy heard comments over and over again that said this. Here's what they said. This church is so nice. These people are so loving. Man, these people are so loving. I love when people say that about our church. I do. I love it. My encouragement to you is it make it your goal not to get wealthy, not, not, not to have it all, not, not the next promotion. Make it your goal in life to have people say about you, man, that person knows God and that person is so loving. And the scripture promises this, seek first the kingdom and all of these things will be added to you. You don't have to worry about your life. God has it. Let's sing. Thank you for listening to the podcast for Real Church Coweta. If you have any questions or would like to contact us, please visit our website at realchurchcoweta.com and click on the Contact Us tab. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. in the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. Until then, God bless and remember to love God, love others, and live real.